welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly doof network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back this fortnight to talk about Alice Isn't Dead. Yeah. Um. What is it, Elliot? Give us the deets. This was prescribed to us by a listener, Noah, who uh, prescribed it to us just because it gave them similar vibes to Magnus Archives. And I think we'll yeah. make that comparison a little bit over the course of the ep- this episode, but it it is enough of its own thing that I don't think we need to lean too heavily on that. No, I, I agree. Um, I, I like. I think we'll have to draw some comparisons just because, yes. at least for me, they're the only two horror podcasts I've listened to. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they've both been for this podcast relatively recently. But um, yeah, yeah. Basically, the, the the general premise of this is uh, we have a protagonist who actually doesn't get a name, I believe, until no. the very last episode um that we covered. Well, is th- that's not even their name. That seems to be a nickname that is given to them right no that everyone just calls them she by. gets nickname or she gets multiple nicknames during the course of the uh show but i thought keisha i don't know why we're talking around it um yeah it's a secret <laughs> spoilers <laughs> uh yeah so and to be clear we watched part one which is kind of like season one uh, yes was first 10, 10 episodes, episodes. Yeah. i actually then listened to the like preview episodes for season two. Oh, nice um, which are like three minutes each and there were three of them um i I mean, they're teasers. They didn't give me any information that I, I understand <laughs> before listening to season two. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we listened to part one. Uh, it was 10 episodes. And um, I, I, yes, yeah, so I think Keisha uh, was the name given to her in, in mm-hmm. the final one. Um, yeah. Anyway, she sort of, her wife disappears, gets sort of presumed. And is presumed dead. dead. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then she starts seeing uh, her wife in the background of like this all these news things like you know whenever there's like a murder or some sort of crime and it makes the news um fairly often alice is there in the background and one of the things uh our protagonist noticed is alice doesn't look as shocked as as most of the other bystanders yeah and um yeah so basically uh, what a hook that is as yeah well. it's, That's it's such a good hook it's pretty great um yeah. and so then alice basically starts digging through some of oh, sorry Protagonist starts digging through some of Alice's stuff. Uh, that's probably not going to be the last time I make that mistake. Yeah. Um, and figures out that uh, Alice, her wife, was getting regular, pretty large payments from this uh, trucking company. Uh, Bay so, and Creek Shipping. Yes. Uh, so uh, our protagonist gets a job as one of their truck drivers and basically just starts trucking around trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and it leads to this format of... Uh, our pro tag basically just traveling along a highway and kind of narrating the weird experience that they've just had in some town as they go past and so it is um it leads to a an interesting set of you know mystical horrific experiences just in these random kind of rural american towns yeah so the the kind of uh framing device is that uh the protagonist is kind of recording this stuff for alice yes to kind of organize her thoughts and and log the journey um for when she manages to find alice um which is a great way to kind of have both the facts delivered to us because she's narrating what happened and then also just like straight up start interjecting the the other feelings and stuff she has around this because it is kind of a message to her wife that just kind of ran off so it's completely fair that she starts to get emotional and and bring old stuff up as she's doing this yeah and and so the the episode format is kind of a almost a a story b story format where 
we have the main creepy thing that's happening in each episode and that's you know 70 to 80 percent of the episode but then to interspersed with that we'll have kind of cutaway ramblings of our main character talking about i mean most of the time it's something that is thematically related or backstory so it's like backstory from their past uh as a couple um but then sometimes it's just kind of miscellaneous philosophical ramblings, which I think was the part that I found the weakest was when there wasn't a specific B story to tie into. And so they just kind of talked about whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I usually saw most of those had some sort of tie, like the philosophizing uh, yeah. that was going on tied into part of the message of the A story. Um, I, I definitely agree with you, though, that like the first episode was probably the one where I felt that this um technique worked for me the the worst because like this first episode i'm just trying to find my feet and understand what's going on and constantly Mm. jumping between um the the thistle man being insane and alice kind of giving sorry and and the protagonist giving (laughs) generic feedback about like alice and and their relationship like oh if you can see the stars really clearly in this part of town oh isn't it interesting about stars how blah 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 and I'm kind of like, oh, man, just get back to the guy eating the weird omelette. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, like I, I definitely in the first episode just found myself getting like lost more than it was helping. And then the second one, it, it evened yeah. out a bit. And I think by the third one, I was yeah, so, yeah, solid totally. enough in my understanding of what was going on that I was on board with it. But like, I think maybe they went a bit heavy with it in in the first episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought by the second episode, it worked really well because the second episode's a plot is so strong it's this town that the our protag keeps driving through by mistake they they seem like they're progressing and they are progressing but the same town keeps popping up but each time it's slightly different and it's this great creepy setting it's this great creepy thread of what why the fuck is this town suddenly on fire and suddenly everyone's screaming or crying and it's Yeah, it's just some of the descriptions and some of the, you know, unsettling things in this show really work so well. And I think chapter two is a great example of it. Yeah, I'd also point to the first chapter, the initial descriptions of the Thistle Man and the way that he's just off are really solid. And that was something, again, I don't want to bring it up too much, but the Magnus Archives did a great job of this. Uh, And I think um, Alice Isn't Dead also does a superb job of just the word choices that are used to describe something being off and give it give me a sense of motion and how the motion is incorrect um just just through words i think is yeah. like, very impressive yeah definitely it's quite well written um yeah I, and I, well okay let's talk about this i want to talk about the fact that the pacing of this show is a lot more aggressive than something like magnus which is 40 episode seasons and of yeah. those you know there's three plot related ones in the first season and then like eight at the end of the season or something. Right. Yeah. Whereas in this, the story comes in really hard and fast and I think it works really well. Like, yeah, I think one of the reasons it works well is because the, the monster of the week style stuff is a lot less tangible. It feels like there's a lot less meat on those bones in terms of like the creepy town or chapter three, the, the monster of the week is there seems like there's something in my truck, but when I go back and look, there's nothing there. And that's like the premise of the first three quarters of the episode. Um, and I, I think it, the fact that it starts leaning into the overarching plot a lot more quickly really works in its favor because of that. Yeah. And it's a bit more necessary here. Like the Magnus archives, the premise was very much, he is the guy 
recording all the examples of weird yes. shit. Yes. If, if, our, if our protagonist had had to go through 40 towns worth of weird shit before she started <laughs> connecting dots, I'd yeah. just be a bit more worried for her sanity than I already am. <laughs> I, yeah, and already her sanity is a little unnerving because there's a few times where she is really creepy. Like, the, the last line in the second episode is she says, fully terrifying mode to the camera, you may think you're free, Alice, but you're not. You're <laughs> not free of me. And it's like, ins- like it's she's clearly going a bit crazy here. Yeah, and what I think, because you've already sort of mentioned, like, the second episode worked a lot better for you. Mm. And, and, like, I agree. I, I think it might be one of the strongest ones. Um, yeah. Just because, again, like, I, I think the AB format worked a lot better in it because the A story was, you know, like, as you said, she kept revisiting this town each time. And I think that lent itself a lot better to interjecting with the more personal stuff about her relationship with Alice, because the point of the A story is we need to take a break from it and then come back and it's like, wait, is this the yeah, same town? Yeah. Um, so it was an A story that was perfectly crafted to have the B story injected into it. And mm. this was probably, I think, the B story that added the most, um, which is good because it's like episode two, so we need it more. Um, and because the A story allowed it. And this is where we learn so much more about her thing with Alice. And you start to be like, uh, you know, in the circumstances, I'm not going to come down on her too harshly, but um, obs- <laughs> obsessive seems like a fair word for um, what sort of happens to her. And um, I think yeah. we learn a bit more later in some of the episodes. Like she did have anxiety disorders and stuff like when, when she was with Alice. And so yeah. this this whole thing of, you know, her wife up and leaving and then turning out to be part of some supernatural conspiracy has triggered that a bit. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we've talked a lot of good things about the show. I want to bring up one of my criticisms of it, which is it's got so many ads. In it. I don't know if this is like a fair <laughs> criticism or not, but about 20% of the runtime of each episode is advertising. It, like it'll start with about 30 seconds of a pre-roll and there's no advertising in the middle, thank God. But um, it ends with like two solid minutes of ads, and I- it's actually six, it's it's six minutes, right? So now I'm just going to tell you, Elliot, I just didn't, I just skipped ahead. To the no, next I, I I I skipped them as well, and that was the thing. I had to press the thirty seconds forward button twelve times to get past them. That's how I know it was six minutes. <laughs> it's bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good that they're at the end in one easily skippable block, but it just was like I'd look at an episode, I'd be like, oh, it's twenty five minutes, okay, and then it turns out to be what eighteen but, minutes of actual yeah. episode. Um, it's so yeah. I, I agree. Like, it seems like a weird complaint, but honestly, it, it, it is a bit off-putting to have to skip through that much um, and, and in chunks. And I kept thinking maybe I was missing part of the episode. So for the first three, I didn't quite skip through it, like, completely because mm. I wasn't sure. Um, so, yeah, yeah, weird complaint, but, like, it did kind of bug me. Yeah, bug um, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess to, to touch on something you have sort of already brought up but i just had another thought on um like the whole you know you already mentioned this is a lot more serial than than episodic yes um compared to say the magnus archives or something and as the person who's usually the one saying more things need to go back to being episodic and everything's too serial these days i actually really like this and i think so far i'm preferring this show to the magnus archives because of Mm. it um and i like i think it's just because the the concept that we have here of like all the roads like so a big theme i i would say of of this series is the way um you know isolation kind yeah. of leaves you vulnerable yes um and 
like just the the like seeing that go on for ages and ages and 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 just being the one sort of theme would drag on a bit whereas the magnus archives because of its structure can just dabble with like dozens of various themes um while having one sort of more big picture through line yeah um so like just i I think alice isn't dead is constructed from the ground up to be perfect for the length it seems to be Um, yeah and i like i'm just really impressed by that because usually i read or listen to things this length and i'm like yeah it would have been better if you had more episodes and it went for twice as long um so i was quite impressed that this didn't make me think that yeah it's really well produced um in saying that the the episode four is actually my favorite and it's probably the most episode of the week yeah there Uh, are two the second episode that i mentioned and episode four are the ones that don't tie into the plot as far as i can tell so far yeah, based on what we've learnt by the end of season one, like we don't see how they're related. They clearly will be. Yeah, um, I think so too. But like, I I just love episode four conceptually. This this factory where every time she loses sight of this man, he ages like thirty years, and yeah, it was so horrifying. Like, and then the coffin was for him. Yes. Like, so the uh, thing that she's delivered turns out to be a coffin, and of course, as soon as you find out that it's made of wood, uh, you start thinking, "Oh no, it's his coffin." <laughs> <laughs> she is helping him build his coffin and then that's what it is and it's like it just is a really nice little self-contained story yeah like ah uh, i i don't know why this one got to me the way it did but i loved it and then so as we progress we start to find out more about the story so uh what we start to find out is the monster that we saw in the first episode uh that is starting to be referred to as the thistle man this kind of inhuman thing that takes a human form but you can tell just isn't right um starts becoming more and more apparent as the villain of this first season um we find our protagonist starts finding signs that have been left to her by alice apparently um talking about the thistle man's victims that kind of lead our our protagonist to figure out that the thistle man has been murdering people has been functioning as a serial killer across the country Hmm. um we then meet another character we get another character introduced uh, Sylvia, who is this kind of teenaged girl, um, who is uh, fully voiced by still the same voice actress, as in, like in universe, uh, our our protagonist uh, Keisha is is like narrating what Sylvia said to her in the past, hmm. uh, which is an interesting style. I, I I found it a little weird at first, but then it really grew on me the idea of we're trapped in a box with. Uh, with Keisha, and she's the lens through which we view everything. I think that's very interesting. I wonder if we're going to hit some kind of unreliable narrator beats uh, later yeah. on as we go. I I would be surprised if we haven't already had some bits that we assumed she was correct about, and she's been a little bit unreliable. Because yeah, like I agree, the the framing device of the whole show is, is so perfect to do some of that stuff. Yes. Um, I really liked the introduction of um of Sylvia. Yeah, me too. Uh, like uh, she, she was a she was a fun character, despite the fact we never actually hear from her. <laughs> no. uh, I I was like already thinking that she was just so much fun. Um, I yeah, I'm interested. Like I, she will be back in in the presumably later parts. Yeah, and um, and it does it it injects freshness. Like she comes in in episode six, and it injects a bit of freshness into the story. And she's only around for two episodes, but uh, then it it really starts to move us along the path towards things escalating a lot mm. before the end of the season. I think it worked quite well because of it. Yeah. Well, and I'm just so interested to see where Sylvia goes as well. Cause like my, my current 
guess about where all this is going is like you know the the people who start to see these supernatural things between civilization it's the people yeah. who are lost yeah like, like yeah that, my guess is it's like as you get more lost you you become more open to the to the you know not normal world yeah and um sylvia is so interesting in that because like keisha is like married presumably in like her 30s uh was in this spot where she's got nothing to lose or whatever and, and she she didn't want to turn around sylvia is something that is the beat that's constantly hit is she has the ability to just kind of put all this behind her and try and start a normal life again and she's refusing yeah, to she won't yeah. um and I, i'm interested to see where that goes yeah i i do like your theory about it being that they're lost i i think i i'm leaning a bit more towards the theme of isolation and maybe them being kind yeah. of dis not necessarily lost but just kind of by themselves you know um and that might tie into why having sylvia around seems to strengthen our protagonist and even uh i guess spoilers obviously the uh our protagonist meets Alice again on the roads briefly in episode 10. Um, and that seems to give them the, enough energy to survive. Like that seems to almost nourish them for their upcoming encounter with the hungry men. Yes. Uh, in fact, like in, in that final episode, uh, Alice kind of explicitly, like, like very explicitly ties the fact that it's like, you know, she turned her anxiety and like what was her flaw into a weapon and it became her strength mm. um in a way that's maybe usually a bit more subtle in things but also this is meant to be the protagonist reflecting on what happened so it makes sense that she t- tied those things together for herself yeah. um but yeah i i agree I, I hadn't actually considered that but the idea that when they came together they were stronger for it is is interesting um i mean there, there's there's some other interesting stuff like at the end like the the thistle men's town yes this is it, the other thing that ties into it is that thistle men aren't by themselves they have yeah. a community of thistle men hungry men whatever you're going to call them um and that's such an interesting again i think that's tying into this theme that we're starting to see of community and what does and exploring ideas of community in rural america yeah yeah absolutely and like i the other the other thing about that town is just it's on like a u.s military base yes what which fuck which was like one of the things where i was sort of like you know i was building this this metaphor in my head to do with yeah like loneliness and isolation uh and then like the u.s military gets brought in and i was like okay i don't know how i'm gonna fit that in yet but um, yeah i don't know if fun. that's thematic or just part of the world um because yeah, it i guess does... like <laughs> it could be an us situation like i think i criticized us when we covered it for maybe feeling a bit too much of a need to root itself in yeah. reality um yeah. it, it could be doing that here um yeah so where this season goes is our character our protagonist keisha finds that the thistle man is not an independent entity there are more of them in fact a whole town full of them and she freaks out for a bit and decides to go home before uh still being like taunted and followed by these thistle men so she decides you know what like I'm done with this. I'm resolving this. I'm going to get a truck and I'm going to smash it into the town and end this one way or the other. And as she goes to do that, she bumps into Alice, who gives her some exposition and tries to dissuade her unsuccessfully. Mm. And then she does it and she smashes into the town and she has this encounter where she kills the thistle man. And it's very intense. And then suddenly a bunch of like <laughs> shipping company paramilitary come in and rescue her and destroy the town. And that's where the season ends. And it's really a wild ending. 
Yeah, it, it, this moment of victory when she kills the Thistle Man, you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, like, what a great ending. Yeah. I don't know how she's going to get out of here, like, yeah. but there'll be a way. She'll sneak out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And and instead of, like, instead of her s- sneaking out, the story just shoots it up a couple of levels. And yeah, it's just it's like, no, the, mil- uh, the, the shipping company's military is here to save her. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's clearly, like... It's the part of the, like, the first season ends when she kills the Thistle Man, and then really the end of the 10th episode isn't the first season. It's the setup for the second season, right? But it yeah. still just feels like such a weird beat to end on of suddenly this Bay and Creek shipping company has its own military, and one of the military says to her, yeah, go back to driving trucks, it'll be fine. And she just kind of does, but she's going to try and find out about what's going on <laughs> with yeah, which secret is secret like- supernatural tro- shipping company police. Yeah, I mean, like the, the concept that she wouldn't immediately be going out yeah, to figure course. out, like, like they must know that's what she's going to do. I mean, this is how they recruit, surely, is just by <laughs> telling people to not do it, and if they don't, then they're people that they want on their secret police. I mean, that, like that's going to be like a huge part of, especially why I'm going to continue and finish this in my own time, is just the. I, I need to see how it resolves with Alice because yeah, it, it yeah. was pretty well done in this chapter 10, but uh, like chapter 10 was still very much had this overtone of like, neither of us can really do anything about it right now. So if this whole thing reaches a bit of a conclusion at the end of part three, Alice and, and Keisha like have a lot to work through and they, they start to hint at this in chapter 10, but like there's a lot of, yeah, like they can't like they can't just go back to being yeah, like. Do you well, think this relationship can now. be salvaged? I don't know if I think that. Like it's no, so far either. beyond that point. But the thing is, I think they both want to, and and yeah. the thing is, particularly Keisha is going to be such a different person by the end of season three than she in was a good at the start way the or a bad way, Elliot. I mean, it seems like a good trajectory so Maybe. far. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a bit of a mixed a bit, bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. But, well, that's the thing. It's going to be really... Like, I would almost be happy if the whole last episode was just, like, 30 minutes of just, like... Of therapy? Them, them of couples about, counseling. Yeah, pretty much. Like, them trying <laughs> yeah, to yeah. figure out if they can make this work anymore. Yeah, um, interesting. Because, you know, the whole show is built around her chasing down Alice and... It to try and rekindle their relationship, presumably. Yeah, and it, well, it really isn't until Chapter 10 where she suddenly starts to sort of realise... I don't know if I'm looking for you to get you back or to tell you to go fuck yourself in yeah, person. <laughs> yeah. Um, like she's, yeah, it, it, it's only really towards the end of this part where she's like, am I looking for a specific closure or just closure in general? Yeah. You know what this show is? It's 36 questions plus Magnus archives. That's what Alice is <laughs> Dead is. <laughs> um, and I love both of those things. And it means it's a podcast that I quite enjoyed. Not yeah, enough yeah. music. Needs more music. Yeah. Where's the musical bad guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. Like uh, I'm just I'm really keen to to finish this because I I am really enjoying it. Um, I I guess Magnus Archives is one that I've done in spurts and then fallen off, and I think it is because it's just it's all... got so many episodes. <laughs> yeah, and it's a bit detached. Whereas this one, it's thirty episodes. Um, despite what the MP3 length says, they're only like fifteen minutes each. <laughs> um, and they tie together a lot more. I think that like just for a podcast that does keep me more. Yeah, keeps you on on top of it. Yeah, whereas the Magnus Archives, you know, I can take a break for a month and come back and not really. There'll still be spooky, you know, books about Mister Spider, etc. Yeah, exactly. So, um, like, I'll probably end up finishing this one a a lot, uh, a lot quicker than I have 
Magnus Archives, which I've listened to like six episodes. It's our, our thing on it. <laughs> um, so, Elliot, there are 10 chapters, just like there's 10 possible scores you could give this. Well, 11 <laughs> if you count zero, but I don't think we'd give anything a zero, surely. No. Unless, what are you going to give this, Elliot? Uh, I'm going to go for a seven and a half on this one. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go for a seven, I think. A flat yeah. seven. I enjoyed it, but I, I think there were a few things about it that just kind of like disconnected me from it um but yeah. on the whole something that i quite thoroughly enjoyed so seven it seven it up yep yep samesies all right elliot so what are we talking about yes next cool. fortnight uh yes it's my turn to bring something and uh i am bringing uh the 2018 movie annihilation mm. um which have you have you heard of this one it's a Netflix one. I've seen the picture on Netflix, and I'm pretty sure it's about like going into a spooky crystal world or something. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Um, basically, right. you don't even need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so it stars Natalie Portman. Um, basically, okay. uh, her husband goes missing for ages, and then he just rocks up at her house again. Um, what is and- it with missing spouses? Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to the theme. Yeah, stay on um, brand. Yeah. Anyway, he, he he suddenly comes back, but like he's he's really out of it. It's a bit weird. Um, and she finds out that he went on this mission into like a weird space bubble thing, which is probably the graphic thing you've seen. Yeah. Um, and she basically leads the next team that is going to go in there to try and find out what happened to her husband's team. Mm. Um, spoiler alert: doesn't go great. Uh, yeah, that's why no. it was worth making a movie out of. Yeah. <laughs> It's not just the mission is successful and everyone's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she doesn't just like take three steps into the bubble and it's like, oh, here are all the Oh, answers. they're just playing checkers. Oh, <laughs> guys, you've been in here for two days. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's from director Alex Garland, who like, I, I don't know if you'll be familiar with just like based on the name, but like I've loved every single one of his movies. Give me um, some titles. Uh, so he did uh, Ex Machina. Oh yes. Okay. Um he also did Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes. Uh as a writer, I think, just for that yeah. one. Um yeah. he wrote Never Let Me Go, which I actually considered bringing to this when I started doing the research for Annihilation. Mm. Um he's also he's actually just done I think it's one of those Apple TV shows or no no, it's on Hulu. Uh he's just made a show called Devs, which has also been highly recommended to me. Oh, okay. Um, point is he's he's pretty consistent. Um so I'm very I'm very like excited for you to to see another one of his films and um like this is a very solid sci-fi film it's got beautiful visuals um one thing in particular I'm sure we will talk about in a fortnight's time uh great soundtrack um you know and I I think there'll be some fun stuff to talk about uh in two weeks uh, from this movie okay groovy I mean yeah I don't know well I guess we'll talk about it then I don't really know what to expect I'm expecting a kind of head trippy style sci-fi thing, I guess, just because of the connection to Ex Machina, and we'll yeah. see how we go. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a different kind of head fucky, but like you know, this isn't this isn't a brain dead movie for sure. Yeah, cool, love to hear that. Um, that's the end of our episode this yeah. this fortnight. Uh yes. So you know, if you if you liked it and and you like long pauses while mm-hmm. Elliot opens the outro's doc. Yep, yeah. Um, you I can do. follow us on Twitter. Um, at Medium D Podcast. Uh, yes, please do follow us on Twitter. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not leave us a review on iTunes? Huh? You could do that, and it would probably help us out. I think that's how algorithms work, isn't it? <laughs> yep, pretty sure. We don't know algorithms. Yeah. We're just we're just programmers. 
Um, <laughs> uh, if you if you like this show or any of the shows on the Doof Media Network, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Doof Media. Uh, all the Doof shows are entirely patron supported. Yeah. Um, you get tons of cool perks as well. One of the Heck ones yeah. you get to to uh, have is voting in the game club uh, for what our next game will be. Yeah, we're actually doing our first episode of The Game Club, which is a new game-focused discussion show. Uh, that's recording this weekend on Friday night, American time, Saturday afternoon, Australia time. Um, so tune in for that on uh, Twitch. Uh, no, yeah? YouTube. YouTube, yeah, on the Doof Media YouTube channel. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a great time. So uh, yes, come on so over. we'll be talking about Hollow Knight and uh, we'll be announcing the next game there. But if you want to have your say on what that next game is uh you better quickly head on over to the patron patreon sign up and uh get your voting yeah speaking of having your say if you want to leave us your thoughts on annihilation um or on uh, alice isn't dead or just uh, hey on anything whatever we're not picky uh why don't you contact us you can shoot us an email at mediamtpodcast at gmail.com or you can find all the links to do the things i just mentioned you know the twitter the itunes the contact us the game club on our website, doofmedia.com, where you can find also all the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his highway so spooky. Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Stickers. Stickers. And we'll see you next fortnight.